Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. She's Michelle Majuk from the Ball Blast Football Podcast and NFL.com. Happy Friday, Michelle. Hey, hey. I am excited. We are in the middle of summer and training camp is about to start and everything is about to happen. Like, I, I'm one of those weirdos who loves preseason. So I'm going to get preseason games in a couple weeks. I fully enjoy them. 48 days away from actual football that counts. I'm so excited. Training camp starts next week. This is our last show before real life, actual training camp with real stuff happening begins. We're going to have answers next time we talk. Next Friday, (laughs) we're going to have how many full days? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of training camp will actually have some big, I mean, not answers to many things, but at least who's getting the starting reps at quarterback. And I know everyone's sick of it, but that is the biggest story. That's the only story that really truly matters more than anything else. Absolutely. And at least we'll have actual, like you said, data to respond to. So it's going to be different before we get into our top training camp storylines and some uh, best bets for the 49ers season long bets. That is, I want to remind everybody, please, please, please rate review and follow the gold standard podcast network. If you love the show or just like the show and want it to continue, please leave reviews. We need reviews that'll help us get up the charts and it'll make a big, big difference. So if you want to support the show, that is the best way. I promise you, if you leave one, we will read it on the show 
And if you're watching on our YouTube page, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. No mimosa for you today, Michelle. What's up? I got to work today, but I was going to say that if you leave a comment, you know, I will cheers to you next week. I'll bring on a mimosa. I will cheers personally to you with a sip of mimosa. So, you know, if we get 10 comments, I'm just going to be <laughs> sipping away, getting a little tipsy before the pod. And that will be a blast. Do you want me to have fun people? If you want me to have fun, do your job, you know, I might it's my job, but you know. I'm going to leave a couple of comments for that. <laughs> I like that incentive. Also, feel free to sign up and be a YouTube channel member for less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, priority comment response, membership badges, and a whole lot more. All right, let's get into it, Michelle. Training camp is right around the corner. Top training camp storylines for the 2023 season. And you said it earlier, but we got to start there. It's the quarterback. It is the quarterback. I think they're probably going to put Brock Purdy on the pup list to start training camp, which is not as scary as it sounds, because when you're on the pup list in camp, they can take you off whenever they want. It's not like, oh, you can't do anything for six weeks or eight weeks. It's not like it is in the regular season. So I think Brock starts on the pup list. That ends the questions about like, where is he? What's he doing? All that stuff. And then it comes down to Trey and Sam Darnold. I would like for if they do put him on the pup list, I would like them to give some type of timeline they're looking at because I do expect him to be put on the pup list for the beginning of training camp. It would be more shocking if he wasn't. So like, yes, that's what we expect and nobody needs to have a meltdown about it. But at the same time, where is he at? Because now we are coming to preseason and like you just said, 48 days away. So it's like, okay, he has to start on the pup list right now, but is he a couple weeks away? Is he a, still a month away? Like how close are we getting here? So some type of information, cause it's like, well, if he's not good right now to start practicing, is he just going to be magically good in two weeks? That seems, <laughs> I don't like, I, I never really understand that with these type of injuries. It's like how just like one day, like you're ready to go, but the week before you weren't, uh, obviously, you know, you get better, but like with a big injury like this one, where you haven't had that much time to heal to begin with, I would like them to give some clarity and they really just don't want to give clarity at all around his injury. Cause I think it's not that they don't want to. I think there's, it's unknown. Only yeah. two other guys have ever had the surgery, Nick Mullins and Clayton Thorson. So like they're really kind of in uncharted territory. I was just checking my calendar. The week of August 20th is the six month mark from Brock's surgery, which is supposedly when he was, you know, going to be able to come back and, and again, we'll see about all of that. So we still have a few weeks uh, before he hits that mark. So I expect that. I agree. He'll be off on the side. So, you know, supposedly he's been doing multiple throwing sessions per week. And so I know sometimes it seems like he can't do it. Now he can, but they are trying to sort of like build him back up and we'll see, you know, eventually what happens. But Darnold and Lance, that's going to be the early storyline in training camp. I'm fascinated to see who does Kyle give the first team reps to day one of training camp. Is it Lance? Is it Darnold? I'm sure he'll go in the post, uh, the uh, press conference afterwards and say, don't worry, we're going to switch it around and all that. But I want to see the split and I want to see how they look. A hundred percent. We know what Kyle Shanahan's going to do. It's going to be switch him in and out because he doesn't want to give a uh, God forbid. We just have a starting quarterback like or even a backup. All we're asking right. for at this point is a backup quarterback, but also, I do think it's highly important which one got the first team reps the very first day. That is who they decided to put out there right away. Who did it decided that 
the media is going to be all in on and talk about that day and who is the second guy because everyone's going to say, oh, he started second. They know what the media is going to do. So who do you want to take the first team reps? Like who do you want to be considered the start? I think that matters for day one of training camp. Also, who starts in week one of the preseason? I don't care if they switch on and off. Who starts the very first drive of the preseason game? Is it Lance or is it Sam Darnold? If you had to put a bet down right now, who starts against the Raiders on August 13th, which is still about three weeks away, who will it be? It's a good question. I think it's going to depend on what happens in those joint practices with the Raiders that happen a couple days before the game. Remember Matt Mayoko was saying, hey, those could be huge for Lance because if he looks good, they might try and trade him. Um, so it could be Darnold by default in theory. I, I don't know. I hope it's going to be Lance. Let it be Trey. Everything they're saying is that they love him more than they ever have. And if that's true, they have the opportunity to prove it to us because if you loved him so much that you handed him the job in 2022, after making the NFC championship game, you just handed him the job, right? Cause that's how much you loved him and believed in him. And now you're saying you love him and believe in him even more than that then of course he should be the guy that's out there to start with Brock on the sideline. This shouldn't even be a question. And so if he's not, that again just proves that what they are saying and what they are doing just don't match up. So you just mentioned that Brock Purdy's timeline for the six months would be August 20th. Their final preseason game is August 25th. So if he were to come back at August 20th and start throwing, like he's not going to play in that preseason game. So let's say Trey Lance plays in each of these three preseason games looks really good, right? He looks really good. He looks improved. You really go into week one with Brock Purdy, a guy who hasn't had any preseason practice. So yeah, he may have a a few weeks at that point before the first game to get in practice with his team, but no in-game practice whatsoever. And he's coming into just his second season and only has had what eight starts in his career, including the playoffs or you go with Trey Lance, who looked really good. and Or you can say the same thing about Sam Darnold, right? But That's the thing. Vish has mentioned that multiple times. Like, whoever you pick, you're putting that quarterback in a very tough spot because it's either Lance, who's barely played any football in his life, coming off a major injury against the Steelers in week one, really good defense on the road, or it's Sam Darnold, who, yes, he's been playing, but he hasn't been good, and he's learning a new system, and he's splitting reps with Lance in the preseason. So it's not a good spot for Sam Darnold either, or it's Brock Purdy, like you said, who's coming off a major injury, barely thrown, starting a second season. So whoever they pick is really in a tough spot for week one. We've seen really good quarterbacks, like veteran quarterbacks who have been in the league for a long time, not play in the postseason at all and come out pretty gross in week one, right? <laughs> like they're just not ready yet for the season because they haven't had those in-game reps. I mean, Aaron Rod, like how many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers now get destroyed in week one because like their team's yep. not prepared because they didn't have him playing in the preseason. But this happens a lot where they're just, there's rust, right? And there's going to be rust for most offenses, no matter what in week one. But it does seem like the teams who actually have their offense out there in the preseason are a little less rusty than those who don't. Patrick Mahomes plays in the preseason like every single year to make sure that rust doesn't uh, happen in week one. So I just can't imagine Brock Purdy getting no preseason reps and coming out in week one and just being his normal self. Yeah, I don't think that's a good spot to put him in. That's why if I were the 49ers, I would say, 
Lance gets a half of every preseason game and Darnold gets the other half of every preseason game. Let's go forget Brandon Allen. I don't give a crap about him. No. Like, let these guys get in there. Let them play. Let them get this experience. If you're going to go with Darnold, he needs freaking reps in the system. Same thing with Lance, honestly. So, like, Darnold's going to be seeing Ghost if he has to play against TJ Watt and that Steelers defense. But, like, you've got to put them in the best opportunity. If I were every one of those quarterbacks, I legitimately think they have an argument to go into Kyle Shanahan's office and be like, you got to give me more snaps. And it's true. But, like you said, the, the Niners are so, like, just I feel like anti name a guy and stick with it and just make a decision that they're going to put all of them in a bad spot. There is a 0% reason why Trey Lance isn't just being given the keys this off season to have the backup role. Like this is a backup role and run Brock Purdy's healthy and actually has time to acclimate and comes back. This is his team. Unless like you freaking go off, then how are you going to sit him? But like there is zero reason he's competing with Sam Darnold. There should have always been a veteran that came in to be the third quarterback for the injuries. You needed someone better than Josh Johnson. Yes. A hundred percent because we've seen all these injuries, but this, how this off season has gone with giving Sam Darnold all of this love and chances. And it's just honestly, just so stupid to me. It's so stupid. If you can't even give Trey Lance the backup role, then you just were so bad at, when you were trying to diagnose if he could be a good quarterback or not in the league. Like, what were you doing during the draft process if you don't even think at this point he could be a backup? And the weird thing is, like, they could have avoided all this chatter. All they had to say was, hey, Trey's the number two, Sam's the number three, and we're done with it. And guess what? If if Darnold started looking really good in training camp in the preseason, you could make him the number two. Like, it doesn't stop you from changing that. Yeah, it does stop all these stupid conversations that we continually have over and over again. Right. Like, I don't understand. Just handle them. Do a better job of handling the media. Just say Trey's the number two. Sam's the number three. One, it boosts Lance's trade value because it shows that you still have confidence in him. And it's not sending the message to the other teams like, hey, we don't even think this guy is good enough to beat Sam Darnold. Like, no, it, it just ends. It just makes everything so much simpler. And yet they don't do it. And then they. They like get mad and get all their freaking feathers ruffled and bristle their noses at quarterback questions. It's like, you are the reason that you keep getting quarterback questions. What if Brock Purdy is just good to go? Which that's what they're telling you. Like telling he, you. Trading camp starts. He's out there and he's passing. Then it's easy, right? Yeah. Cause then it's like, who cares really? who wins between Lance and Darnold, you could argue, because if Brock is there, he's the guy. Matt Mayoko has said it doesn't matter what anyone does in practice, that nobody could overtake Brock Purdy for the starting job. So there you go. If Brock's the guy, then he's the guy. And then those conversations get a hell of a lot simpler. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a silly thing to say, that no one can overtake you no matter what. That's like being like, oh, if Tony Romo comes back, like Dak can't do anything to replace him but like Dak was amazing so why would you then go sit him afterwards well they well but then what they said is basically that Brock has done it in game so nothing anyone does in practice is going to be so good that they just ignore what Brock did in actual games that's again that's the line that Mayoko is telling you you know how I feel about Mayoko he's the mouthpiece for the organization he's getting that from the top of the Niners organization. He's putting that out there to prepare all of us for 
what's going to happen. We're getting closer and closer to week one against the Steelers. And I just can't imagine what we're going to do that week because I am already so like the Steelers (laughs) have this in the bag. Like I've never felt more confident going into a game. I think they just have in the bag because of the quarterback situation. Okay. I mean, your quarterback situation is just as bad, but we're going to get into a little Steelers talk later because we're going to do some best bets for the 49ers. I have an interesting thing that I noticed about the bets that I want to get your reaction to okay. one last point I want to make on the quarterbacks before we move on people keep saying like play Lance and if he does well you boost his trade value and get rid of him. no if he plays well enough to boost his trade value why wouldn't you keep him the 49ers haven't had they've only had one full quarterback season since 2014 one so history is telling you that whoever the backup quarterback is, he's going to play because that's just what happens to this damn team. So why then would you want to move on from him if he looks good enough that another team would be interested in him? Yeah, imagine trading him after he looks really good and then Brock Purdy comes out and because of the elbow injury, he's not as good or you know he starts to look like a seventh-round quarterback because that could also happen. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow, <laughs> we traded away a really good quarterback. And like... At this point, you just got to keep him. I agree. What? There's no harm. Unless they truly believe like he, like they, he, they, they see him this whole off season and in training camp. And they're just like, he's just not the dude. Like he's not going to be good in the NFL. Then you trade him for what you can get. That's fine. But that's like the only way I think you should trade him. Even then, I just, I don't know. I think it's nuts. But anyway, plenty more on the quarterbacks. Of course, as training camp gets started, I believe the veterans report on the 25th. So that's Tuesday. Um, so we'll see. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's move on to our second training camp storyline. I'm actually going to go on the defensive side of the ball a little bit just to cleanse our palate from the quarterback discussion. Who is the edge rusher opposite Nick Bosa? I think it's clear the 49ers are hoping that it's Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson himself talked about the changes that he made this offseason to his body and recognizing that he needed to build up his body to be able to withstand the full rigors of the NFL season. So again, it's, you know, best shape of my life, full speed ahead, second round pick. He's supposed to be the guy opposite Bosa. Do you think he will be? I think that the matchup really here isn't like who's the edge rusher opposite Nick Bosa. It's can Drake Jackson beat out uh, Cleland Farrell trying to say his name correctly. Can he beat him out? Because if he can't, 
that's a little scary, right? Like, I don't want to be like, oh, they're both going to play 50-50. It's like, no, Farrell can come in. Obviously, he's going to have his rotational snaps. But I want Drake Jackson to be the clear-cut starter. He's the dude opposite of Nick Bosa playing the majority of the snaps. And Farrell can rotate in with everybody else as well as Jackson. But I want to see him clearly beat out Farrell in training camp. And look, Farrell's a former fourth overall pick in 2019. So at some point, somebody thought he was good. Now, obviously, it hasn't worked out the way that that initial team thought, the Raiders. But, you know, the Niners have a history of turning defensive linemen into better versions of what they have been at other places in their career. So hopefully both happens, right? Hopefully Drake Jackson looks really good and Farrell looks much better than he has in the past. But Jackson's supposed to be the guy. You took him in the second round. He's supposed to be the guy that is going to be the compliment to Nick Bosa. Sorry to cut you off. No, you didn't cut me off. I wanted to share an interesting little stat here as to why maybe Drake Jackson got a little tired at the end of the year. I, I just happened to come across to this and I thought it was pretty crazy. So I wanted to share. So Nick Bosa last year, he blitzed on 99.8% of the plays he was on the field where the the opponents were passing, right? 99.8% which led the NFL, but there were six defenders in the NFL that had over a 99% blitz rate last season on a minimum of 200 defensive snaps, three of the six for 49ers players. <laughs> and then, so Drake Jackson was right behind Nick Bosa at 99.5%. And then Charles Minahu was at 99.2. The other guys were Carl Lawson of the jets, Michael Dunfor for the Browns and miles Garrett of the Browns. So I just thought that was crazy that three of the guys were of the six were 49ers, but also you, if you're blitzing that often, like your body's probably going to get really tired, right? Like that's a lot of work. So maybe that's where Drake Jackson wasn't ready for that yet. Coming from college to the NFL, coming into a system that's so blitz heavy, hopefully he can get his body more prepared for that type of role this year. Now that he knows what he's coming into. And he doesn't have draft prep to worry about, too, because that's obviously something that he had to worry about. I think that's basically what they wanted out of him. I think they were like, look, we don't give a crap if you stop the run. All we want you to do is rush the passer because that's what we really need. That's what they've been trying to get since D4 didn't work out. And hopefully now, like he's talked about, he having a better idea, basically, of what the team wants out of him. And so, yeah, like you said, hopefully he's the guy. Look, he's got one of the best teammates of all time to study with and Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's specialty is technique and hand placement and all that stuff. You should be hounding Nick Bosa for advice and, you know, teaching sessions and all that stuff. You're in a perfect spot to be great. And now we'll see if Drake Jackson can actually be great. And if he can, oh, my God, the limit for this defense. Because if you have Jackson on one side, even if he gets just like Six to eight sacks. It doesn't no, have to he get needs 10. There needs to be another guy in the 49ers line that's getting 10. There's no reason not to. Like every year with the Steelers, whoever's playing with TJ Watt gets 10 plus sacks. Like Alex Highsmith last year was a fantastic when TJ Watt was also on the field. We had Bud Dupree be great. We've had Cameron Hayward be great. He's just great in general. But like yeah. you need, like, there's no reason the other guy across from Nick Bosa, who's getting all the attention, isn't getting 10 sacks. The second leading uh, sack guy on this team should not be five sacks, should not be seven sacks. You need another double-digit sack guy, and that should be Drake Jackson, or maybe it's Javon Hargrave, but someone else needs to step up. And if it is Javon Hargrave, then I also still want Drake Jackson to have eight to ten sacks. You can have a guy have 
16 sacks with Nick Bosa, 12 sacks with Hargrave, and 10 sacks with Jackson. Like, that happens on teams. The Eagles had 70 sacks last year. Yeah. So it's not like there's a cap, I agree. I actually think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be Bosa getting sacks on one side. I think Hargrave's going to get close, probably double-digit sacks. And then I think Drake Jackson, if he can get, you know, I'll settle for eight. You're saying 10. No, I'll settle. I want 10. I want 10. I don't want eight. Armstead can probably get 10 also because I think they're going to be able to move him around a little more now that Hargrave is there on the inside. That gives them a little more flexibility. So what I'll say about Drake Jackson is if he plays more snaps and he's blitzing at 99 plus percent of opponent pass plays and you don't get 10 sacks, it's like, ugh, then what are you even doing? Then get out of here. You're not good. If you're <laughs> pass rushing that much, then your percentage is going to suck of your sack rate. And your the the offensive line is even like looking at you all that much because they're so worried about all the other guys. So if you're pass rushing that much yeah. and you can't get 10 sacks, you're just not very good. The problem is I feel like I've said that exact thing for like multiple years since Bosa was drafted, really. D Ford, I said it about him. Ebukam, I said it about him. Ebukam well, wasn't good. Yeah. That's what I was trying to tell you. Right. I mean, I it's it's there for them. Everything is set up for this person to be able to step up and become that kind of player, but we just haven't seen it yet. And hopefully we will with, with Drake. And that's definitely something I'm going to be watching throughout training camp and in the preseason. Yannick and Guacque is still out there. And he's like, any team, just please sign me. And he just consistently gets nine to 12 sacks like every year and no one wants him. I have said that they should sign him since he's been out there, since free agency began. He is the guy I want because not only can he rush the passer, he forces fumbles. He he makes stuff happen out there. I want him on the team so, so badly. I don't know if they're going to do it. Maybe, you know, there has to be something with him because he's only 28 years old, but he's been on five teams over since 2019, but he consistently does well on any team. But like, what's going on with him? Like, what's his personality like to keep going from team to team to team and then nobody to want him this offseason? And he's like, I will literally sign. like the latest news is like, I don't know why I'm unsigned. I will sign with anybody. And I don't know what's going on. Here's my hope is that the Niners are working on the Bosa extension. They signed the Bosa extension, which lowers his cap number in 2023, because that's usually what happens with these extensions, especially the 49ers. And then, bam, they use that. The savings they have with those additional savings from Bosa, boom, you bring it in Gonquay. That would be like the cherry on this offseason Sunday. It really would be. I mean, I, I'm excited to see what Jake Jackson can do, but you could still bring him in as a rotational guy, but that would be, Oh my God, that defensive line would be by far the best in the league. Let's see it mate. There's no reason not to do it at this point. At this point, he cannot be very expensive. Nobody is offering him anything clearly. Right. Like, come on, John Lynch, do it. I need that gif of the John Lynch where he's standing on the sideline and the camera goes like all the way around. Let's do it. Let's see it, John. Anyway, I, all like, right. why, but like, why has a team like the Seahawks not done it? Somebody, sh- I mean, the, like you said, Ngakwe is good. There's a lot of Everybody team that knows. needs Ed, that need Ed Rogers, edge rushers right now. And it's not the 49ers. So I understand why they haven't gone out and signed them yet, but there are a ton of teams that do. I'm just so confused why they're just letting him sit out there for cheap. You always need more. Like it, you've never, I've never seen a team be like, oh, we have too many good pass rushers. Like no, guys get yeah. hurt, whatever. Like you need him. Go do it when everyone is cautious be greedy that's the philosophy come on 49ers let's see if it happens all right training camp storyline number three and i know this is a favorite for you 
Can someone take the wide receiver three spot from Jawan Jennings? He actually talked about his goals for the season, Michelle. I know you're very interested in Jawan. He said, first and foremost, I want to score a lot of touchdowns. I want to get into that paint. I want to experience a lot more celebrations that comes from winning games and eventually topping it all off with a Super Bowl ring. Okay. The Super Bowl ring is reasonable, right? But how many, how many targets does this dude think he's going to get to score a bunch of touchdowns? Also, like, what is his goal? Like 400 receiving yards? I don't know. Like, what does, <laughs> what does he want? Like you are, there's so many good weapons on this team. You're just lucky to be a part of it at this point. First down or touchdown. I think he converted on like 60% of his catches, something like that last year. That's all we need from you. Just like that's all we needed from Kendrick Bourne. That's exactly, we're good. Like, I understand him wanting to do and more. Kendrick Bourne's a more talented wide receiver than Jawan Jennings. <laughs> you hate Jawan Jennings. He's just so <laughs> slow. That, uh, 282 yards, five touchdowns. Like, cool, in 2021. But then 416 and one touchdown last year. I don't I don't know why he would all of a sudden get more targets and more looks in the red zone with all of these weapons and with Christian McCaffrey there. But also, I, I think Danny Gray, another third round pick that seems to be wasted by the 49ers. (laughs) Can he be their speedster that opens up? I mean, the offense is already so well opened up, right? Like it's not, but if you also add that speed element, which they're kind of lacking, that's going to just create even more space, allow for more big plays. And I would love to see them have that type of guy that just go deep all the time. And that could be Danny Gray instead of Juwan Jennings running eight yards away from the line of scrimmage. And, (laughs) And stopping and turning yeah. around. Like, can you not rely on George Kittle and Debo and Ayuk and CMC on third down? Do you really have to be like, we need Jennings out there? Well, that's the thing. I think that now that Christian McCaffrey is there, obviously they know they can use him as a receiver on third down. I feel like he can fill that role, you know, kind of the safety blanket, whatever you envision with Jawan Jennings. So why not then get somebody on the field that can also provide something extra? Like you were talking about the speed. We know that Kyle wants that in the offense. They tried it with Marquise Goodwin early in the Shanahan tenure. They tried it with, uh, God, now I can't even think of the other guy's name. They brought, um, oh, damn it. I can't think of his name. Some other guy that stunk, but all he could do was run really fast. They're trying it with Danny Gray. Like they want, they're trying it with uh, Ray, Ray McLeod, basically. Yeah. Like they need a burner. They want a burner. Plus like you could have a, if you really wanted to like spread them out and threaten a defense deep, you could put Danny Gray and Ray, Ray McLeod and maybe Ayuk and McCaffrey all on the field at the same time. Do some crazy ass thing like that. I agree. There's more talented guys on this roster at receiver than Juwan Jennings. I'd like to see it, to be honest with you. As much as I love Juwan, like, get somebody out there that can do that and more. And I think that's going to happen this preseason. Yeah, I mean, if any defenders lining up against Juwan Jennings, they're not they're not scared. They're not shaking no. in their boots. Like, thank and, you. Thank you uh, for making my life easy today. And, like, let's be honest. Juwan Jennings is not, like, cooking guys when he's running around. Like, Kyle is getting Juwan Jennings open. So if yeah. Kyle can get Juwan Jennings open, he can get other guys open. And to be You know able- who's also getting other guys open? Uh, George Kittle and Devo <laughs> and Ayuk and CMC. Being, yeah, no one cares about you, Jennings. That's why... 
you're wow. sometimes open because no one's worried about you doing any like, okay, maybe you catch the first down, but you're not going to do anything after that. We're trying to eliminate these huge plays. And we're so scared of these other weapons that if they do catch this ball, they could bring it to the end zone. You, if you happen to get targeted and catch it. Okay. You gain eight yards. We can handle that. You know, and like, also, I kind of want to see Ronnie bell. What can Ronnie bell do? Not that he's like, you know, Tate Martin's still on a team. And I find yeah. that very interesting. He was my dude. I was looking forward to watching last year in training camp, undrafted guy, but for an undrafted guy to still be on the roster a whole year later, they're still keeping him around. Can he beat out uh, a guy like Chris Conley for the last spot yeah. or Willie Sneed? If he make like, can he, can he get that last spot? Cause they typically keep about six wide receivers. Can he grab that last one? I, I hope he can. And the one receiver that I saw working out with the 49ers quarterback in the offseason was Tay Martin working out with Trey Lance at TCU. Is he the only one that was willing to do it? Well, that's like I've talked about that with Levin. Like, look, it may be happening and maybe they're just not putting it on social media. But like, damn, I'd like to see some of our guys like get out there and work with some of these quarterbacks. But whatever. Tay Martin is interesting. Ronnie Bell is interesting to me, too, because he's fast. Also, he's he runs a four or five something. That's pretty fast, like certainly faster than Jawan Jennings. So there's intriguing receiver options on this roster that to me are at least worth an extended look rather than just saying, nope, wide receiver three is Juwan's spot. And that's that like that would be a disservice if you were going to go that route. Yeah, I do think if you have Brock Purdy back and healthy, they might be just leaning more towards Jennings. It's like, okay, let's go with the safe guy that Brock Purdy can lean on on third down. Like, especially like if his arm's not strong enough to be passing deep anyways. I don't know. We'll see. But I do hope that Danny Gray can show something because also as sooner or later, you can't just miss on every third round pick. <laughs> you have to answer to that because they just keep throwing third round pick, third round pick, third round pick in the trash. Hopefully Jair Brown is not just another. He was third rounder, right? Yeah. Just another third yeah. round pick wasted. I That's one of the, was that going to be your fourth storyline? Did I just ruin yes. it for you? Yes, that's okay. But we can move into that now. So it's fine. Uh, Can Jair Brown move into the starting lineup? I think he can. And I think he will, to be honest with you. Nothing against Deshaun Gibson. But Brown, you know, was one of those guys that everybody raved about. Even in the the mini camp, he was getting a lot of praise. And Deshaun Gibson is like, came out of nowhere. He was like a late signing last year that everybody just, he was a warm body because Jimmy Ward got injured. And then all of a sudden, he ended up playing out of his mind, leading the team in interceptions. You can't count on that again. And you invested in Jair Brown for a reason. Throw him in there. I don't like having all these friggin' rookies have to redshirt for a year. Play these guys. Well, I want to see how he performs in training camp. Is he? I mean, he is a third, late third-round guy. So it's not like many teams were super high on him. We don't know if he's going to be ready, but 49ers fans seem to be very, very high on this guy. I, I, I don't have as strong of confidence as you do. You love Brown, I do. but yeah, I, I want to see how he performs in training camp. He has a lot of tough weapons to go against, right? So if he, if he can perform strongly against these guys, then there's no reason he's not starting. So I, I do want to see if he can, build it you know show enough to maybe not be the starter but have a big key role in this defense he comes in regularly and he gets some playing time that would be really great because I think they need more depth in the secondary and they need guys to create turnovers and that is one thing that Jair Brown is good at well at least he was in college 
10 interceptions over his last two seasons in college. And we've seen the 49ers do this with safeties. I think we'll get an indication of how they feel about him early. Because if you remember, they were pulling Tart off the field to give Hufanga spots when they were both on the roster in Hufanga's rookie season. So like they will tell you, hey, we like this guy. We want to see him out on the field. Even if Brown isn't a starter, if he's like, you know, seeing a ton of snaps during the game and they're taking Tashawn Gibson out of the game, that's going to be a big clue, obviously. Like, hey, they believe in this guy. They want to see him in the future. And I think he's going to do it, honestly. I really do, and I hope so. And another thing, I was listening to the Play Callers podcast series, which I don't know if you listen to any of it, but they made a big deal about how all these guys, LaFleur, McVay, Shanahan, how they make the defense better in practice, how much both sides in practice make the other side better. Cause you know, with the 49ers, you've got the number one defense in the league making the offense better. And you've got Shanahan's, you know, ridiculous offensive mind doing things to the defense that like is preparing them way better than playing in the games would prepare them. So they're going to be ready for crazy offensive stuff. So that may make Jair Brown better. If he's got to deal with Shanahan's crazy mind in practice that when he gets out in the games during the regular season, he may be like, I'm ready for anything because Shanahan put me through hell all week. Yeah, it will be interesting because it's, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to trust uh, a secondary guy in the 49ers who performs well in their rookie preseason because over the last two years, Diamador Lenore and Sam Womack to start their careers look like freaking superstars. We're like they look like steals in the draft, and then in the rookie season and the actual re- regular season games, they were I can't dare I say trash. I mean they were really bad. Hey, Diamador Lenore looks much better. I was I said in their rookie seasons, right? Well, uh, hopefully, it was it was bad after really impressive preseasons. So that's it's so hard because preseason is so much fun. But then at the same time, a lot of what we see in preseason ends up not mattering in the regular season. It's not always indicative. Let's just yeah. say that. Trent Sherfield, remember Trent Sherfield looked awesome in the preseason. I'm so skeptical of that, especially with a guy like Sherfield, like a veteran who's been around the league. If all of a sudden they look good in a preseason in like year five of their career, I'd never get excited. I'm like, no, it's just no. no. Like we know who this person is by now. Uh, so we'll see who the training camp hero is this year. There's always one. It'll probably be like Javon Kinlaw. He's healthy. Finally. No, no, he's not. (laughs) Don't, don't buy into it. Don't do it. Lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. One more training camp storyline I want to get into. And I think this is a huge one. This is one that's going to make Jason Aponte mad, but it's Jake Moody. Yeah. It has to be. 
he is going to be under so much scrutiny from day one of camp. We're going to get, literally, we will get the Jake Moody kicking stats every single day of camp. And he better be good because he's like, he's got to be the kicker for this team, right? There's no chance they cut him before the year begins considering where they drafted him. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is why it's a storyline because they also traded for Zane Gonzalez. Now the trade was worth like nothing. Like that's not a big deal if you want to cut Zane Gonzalez. But the thing is, what if during training camp, Zane Gonzalez is the clearly better kicker, like by far. And you're like, well, like we cannot cut Jake. Like Jake Moody has to win this competition or at last, at least has to be close, right? You have to make it where he's at least close. And then obviously we're going to go with Jake Moody. But what if Moody struggles and saying Gonzalez is just like hitting everything? <laughs> That's like, what do you do then? Because you're not going to keep two kickers and you can't, what are you going to do? Put Jake Moody on the practice squad? Like he's your third round pick. You would think someone else is going to steal him up. Yeah, it's it's going to be a dicey situation. And now you got Robbie Gold out there saying, hey, I didn't I wanted to take less money to be with the 49ers and they never offered me anything. Meanwhile, he's still a free agent. So it, what if Jake Moody looks really bad and guys are on the team being like, why don't we just sign Robbie Gold again? Like, it's definitely scheduled. Like, he needs to come out of the gate on fire, at least early in camp. Maybe if he struggles later in camp, you know, that uh, people... He needs to just not be terrible. And he needs to, like, stay with Zane Gonzalez. Like, you can't be worse than him. I, right. I'm not even... Like, I'm not saying that's going to be an easy thing to do. Zane Gonzalez is obviously a very good kicker. He's been in the league for a, a good amount of time at this point. And to stay in the league as a kicker, you can't be terrible. So good for Zane Gonzalez, but I, I just I, I think this is a risky little game the 49ers are playing here <laughs> because if Zane Gonzalez is the clearly better kicker, I don't know what you do at that point because are you really just going to say, oh, we got to cut our third round pick? Like that doesn't happen. Why not just get Zane off the roster and then that goes away, right? Like, you need don't you need some competition for a rookie kicker though? Why? Get yeah, him off. Like again, well, why we, did they trade for him and then take a kicker? Nobody knows. Right. That's. I mean, maybe the, because they felt like they didn't want to have to take a kicker. So, but then they traded up for him anyway. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Weirdness by the 49ers, like doing this to themselves, creating. It's never dull. This team creates the friggin' storylines. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I'm gonna be paying attention in those preseason games. It's the only time I'm gonna be happy to see the kicker run onto the field on fourth down because I'm gonna be like, okay, dude, let's see what you got. So you know how I never play with kickers in fantasy football, right? Yes. Well, I'm in one big tournament. It's called Scott Fishbowl Tournament. It's a huge tournament, but there's kickers in this I'm league. Brack. I had to take a kicker, and guess who I took? Jake Moody. What? So I need him. To be, he's going to be my fantasy kicker in a league I care very much about because I want to win. So I am going to be fully invested in Jake Moody, A, winning this competition, which he better, but also being really good. I need him. That's a ballsy pick. Rookie kickers. Levin wrote the article for the website, goldstandardniners.com. Yeah. They're not good. Even the well, good ones are not good. 49ers kickers typically score a lot of points in this scoring format that we're in in this league. So I'm, I'm taking, well, that's just Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold's been pretty good in this league in the scoring <laughs> format. So I'm hoping Jake Moody can take over. You, listen, you always want to go with a team that their coach is scared to go for on fourth down, which is Kyle Shanahan. He likes to kick field goals instead of going for it on fourth down when we're they're in the uh, red zone. So I like it. So those are, well, they, we did five. How about that? The top five training camp storylines for 2023. Before we go, 
I did want to mention some of the uh, over-unders that I was looking at because the individual player over-unders are out on DraftKings. You know I love this. I love when any when DraftKings puts anything out, I'm basically into team futures, player futures, whatever it is. So one of the bets that I hit last year, which I felt like was stealing money, was the Nick Bosa season sack total, which I believe was at like 12 and a half last year before the season started. I couldn't bet that fast enough. Of course it hit because Nick Bosa is a monster. That was the easiest money I ever made. So as soon as I saw that these were out, I ran to DraftKings. I was like, what is Bosa's sack total? It's a little higher this year. 15 and a half sacks. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 115. I did not make that bet, actually. I did not bet on this. Would you bet on it? It's. I mean, they're so good at these lines, right? If it was, they're, they're really, really good. So you need 16 sacks. I think he's going to be right around 15 this year, but if he has 16, am I going to be surprised? Absolutely not. Because like I said, I do think Hargrave gets some sacks. I do think Drake Jackson gets some sacks. I do think Eric Armstead has more sacks this year. I think overall Nick Bosa helps the entire defensive line and they need more talent to get more sacks. But then is there enough for Nick Bosa to have, the 18, 19, 20 sacks. I don't know. I think he should still have the 15, 16. This line is so tough. And also we don't know what, you know, this defense is going to look like without D'Amico Ryan's with Steve Wilkes. I Mm -hmm. just brought up how many, you know, it was blitz, 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 blitz with D'Amico Ryan's, but Steve Wilkes was a defensive coordinator for the Browns last in 2019. And that team had the fourth highest blitz rate in the NFL that year. Miles Garrett decided to, you know, try to kill someone with a helmet that year. So we don't have great information on that, but he had 10 sacks in the 10, 10 games he played under Wilkes. So I don't think Wilkes is going to hurt Nick Bosa whatsoever. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I think he gets 15 or 16, but if you, if he gets 15, you lose. If he gets 16, you win. I, I would stay away from this bet. The reason I didn't take the Nick Bosa sack bet is because there was another sack bet that I thought was even easier money. Do you know, do you have any idea where I'm going with this? TJ Watt, I'm guessing. TJ Watt. TJ Watt sack total for 2023 is 13.75 sacks. Smash. I knew you would say that. But Vegas thinks that Bosa is going to have a better year than TJ Watt. How There's you no one more underrated in this league than TJ Watt. Like wow. PFF does it, ESPN does it. No one will give him the credit. That's credit. Like this dude only gets the blitz on like 87% of opponent pass passing plays. While the Bosa's and the Miles Garrett's are all sitting at 99. And he gets, he consistently just destroys it in sacks while he has to do a hundred other things. He's ba- basically pl- plays a, uh, uh, a Parsons role without getting the Parsons credit. And it's really freaking annoying that he's the most underrated always. But yeah, I mean, just smash, smash that over. That was absolutely one of the bets that I made. I don't know why it's so low. Like the dude uh, tied the all time single season sack record, didn't even play in every game. He played in yeah. 15 games that year. Like I just, what do we, what do we have to see? I don't understand it. So absolutely. TJ Watt sack total. I smashed it. You should too. We will win you money. When Watt goes through a game, not getting a sack, you're like, wow, that's surprising. 
right? Like, so I fully expect him to have 17 sacks because it's going to be some games that he has two. And of course he's going to have a game or two without one, but it's rare when he has a game without one, when he's healthy, right? Like he, he's going to have a sack pretty much every single game. That's just, that's 17 sacks right there. TJ Watt will lead the NFL in sacks again this year. And no one's going to want to give him credit where credit's due when he does literally (laughs) everything. And I, this is why I don't like miles Garrett. I agree. I'm uh, I'm all aboard the TJ Watt train. All right, really quickly, two other bets that I made. I bet on Christian McCaffrey to be offensive player of the year. He's plus 1500 right now. I think he's in the perfect spot to do it. And last bet quick, I know you're going to like this. Justin Fields rushing yards over 825 and a half. I think it's easy. He had 1100 rushing yards last year. He could have 300 fewer yards and still hit this to me, that was easy. So I took the fields over 825 and a half rushing yards. What was his passing? Probably not pretty high, huh? I didn't even bother looking. Why would I waste my time? He stinks <laughs> as a passer. But yeah, as a I, I, I would take that over. I was trying to quickly see what Jalen Hurts had last year because I can't imagine him having less, fewer rushing yards than Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts was at 760 only, hmm. but he did miss two games. It is. I mean, that's a hard, that's a hard number to hit for a quarterback, but yeah, he should have it. He's so fast. Like he said, he thinks he's one of the greatest rushing quarterbacks of all time already. And I agree with him. I think he is like, he's, he's unbelievable from that perspective. I don't think the bears are going to be very good this year. I think he's going to have to run. They're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, I don't. Um, But for the rush yards, like go, you do you man. So that was my three bets. McCaffrey, for offensive player of the year, TJ Watt over 13.75 sacks and Justin Fields over 825 yards on the ground. I feel good. I I couldn't parlay them, unfortunately, but anyway, those are my three bets. We'll have plenty more for you as we go along. Michelle, thank you so much as always. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Training camp starts next week. Our next show, we will be breaking down actual stuff we're going to be crying about Sam Darnold taking first team snaps next Friday. Yeah, I'm Here. ready for it. I'm ready and remember to, to leave those reviews so I can at least have some mimosas while I'm freaking talking about Sam Darnold taking first team snaps. Please give me that at least. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Rate, review, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.